This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Brand new edition of the Winning Plays Podcast. Back yet again after the Celtics take a commanding 3-1 series lead over the Atlanta Hawks. My name is Brian Robb. This episode of the Winning Place Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Head on over to FanDuel.com slash Boston to get your first no sweat first bet. I would be it would be a crime to be honest, not to have Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston <laughs> crime on the show today after Rob oh, Williams' okay. best best postseason performance of his career. I, well, I guess I, I would just like, was was this Rob Williams' best postseason performance of his career? So I guess my mind goes to the nine block game against the Nets on nine toes because he was really good that day. But uh, in terms no of no W overall, in that one. Uh, yeah, and uh, no W in that one for sure. So uh, if uh, if you have to pick like the the most necessary performance, you know, like they needed the rebounding and uh, and Rob brought it. So yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quibble. the The only downside was your superstars were so good at the finish line that uh, that there was only so much shine that Rob yeah. could get could get after this one. But I mean, if nothing else, and of course this is what I ended up writing today was uh, just a reminder. If this team is going to accomplish anything of its loftiest goals, you need Rob to be great. And you need Rob to do what he did yesterday, which was rebound the hell out of the basketball, finish dunks when when needed, make a whole bunch of hustle plays. That that one where he went to the floor and Eddie game 50, 50 Tommy points for for keeping the play alive. You know, that's that's the Rob in a nutshell. And uh so I'm eager. I, I, that, it's weird though, because naturally, like I'm going to blow up your podcast already, because I'm already <laughs> looking ahead to Philly. And no, that's just, you know, we, we were looking ahead to Philly like two weeks ago when we talked. Yeah, it's just so true. So we're, we're just consistent for at this point. Um, you know, it's not a Rob series, but he can still be impactful off the bench. And I still think there's some double big minutes still play there, but that's probably more on Al to be good in that series, or at least better than he's been throughout the Atlanta series. And uh, but yeah. Good, good. Rob is a is a good way to start your Monday. Yeah, and I think I mean I think you, you wrote it nicely. Like you said just on NBC Sports Boston. Now talking about the wrestling, I wrote about the the Joe going to the thing. But I think when you look at okay, the, what are the mm. big developments from this series from this game? Yeah, Jalen played great without the mask on the stretch. Tatum also made big plays. That is not a surprise against the Atlantean. That is what true they these guys have no one who can stop them. And so they should be able to pick it up when they need to. And that it was a positive sign for Jalen, obviously, since he had had a rough game three on top of it. But to your point, the bigger development here, I think, is Rob and the return of the double bigs in, in especially in crunch time, because yeah. that is something we have not seen all postseason. And Rob, Rob didn't have a terrible series. I mean, he, he played well in game one and game two, but it was more of like, you know, the, the bit roll, the, you know, coming yeah. off the bench, 20 minutes. This was a game where... There was no um, direct evidence. You, know, you you could see, obviously, Rob closing this game based on how he was playing, but Rob and Al closing this game together, that was like, ooh, are they going to try that with, given mm-hmm. that everyone else is kind of playing well? But like you said, that that has been the ticket to this team's success in the past, and so it was important, I think, to, for it to see it come together in a, in, a, in a big spot again. Do you think it's sustainable into the next round? I think it honestly depends on the night. I think it depends. It's and it's. I mean, it's. And we can. We'll maybe get into this a little bit later. But like, what do what what Sixers lineup are you going up against? Like, yeah. is like that. I think that changes a lot of the the equation too. I think 
potentially it becomes almost. We don't believe. Better. I mean, I, I, again, I don't want to skip ahead. We'll, we'll get some game through, but we don't believe Doc, right? Like we live this life. He's the king of hyperbole. He is the king of hyperbole, but I don't, I don't doubt. I know, it's so funny that we you, you hear more from Doc in one sentence than you hear all season from Joe Mazzulla in terms of a player status. But like, right. how much you? But when has I, it? When I, has I, a coach ever acknowledged? <laughs> when has a coach ever acknowledged an injury when it's real? Like if if, if it's yeah. a real injury, they say nothing, and they're right. like, yeah, you know, we're gonna see how it goes. And I mean, Doc, I just feel like Doc's laying the laying the path for an excuse. Well, that's like, I think he's doing right now. I think this is he knows, and whether that's like MB can't go or MB can't go and doesn't look right, or MB can't go and doesn't look right. I think either way, Doc Doc knows exactly what's at stake for him here in the oh, next yeah. round, and yeah, getting that out, getting out in front of that as much as possible, I think is, I mean, it's a it's a clear I mean, Doc is the master with the media, and I think this is another example of that just playing his cards this early here in terms of what the the Sixers outlook is. All right, well, we'll, we'll get let's, to let's, that. What else you got from Game Three? So my question here for game three is or game four, I'm sorry. Or game four. Game four with Rob. We know that's the big development here. What else is the the thing that sticks out for you from this game? Like what is the the biggest positive development? I mean you can go like honestly, there are many different directions you can go in here because I think yeah. this is a game where Atlanta, they did not lie down. Like they were no. they were coming pretty hard. Um Trey actually showed up for the first time. DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter had the game of his life here. Yep. So this was like a lot of times you get a, a win in Atlanta. You're like, all right, yeah, whoop de do. Like, good job, guys. But no, they they had to come and take this win. And mm-hmm. so from the developments you've seen, we, we we talked about Rob off the top here. But what else what else kind of stuck out to you here? From this, Yeah, so I mean, uh, and, and Jalen's the obvious of the huge storyline because of the stupid mask and the whole idea of like we, we uh, us low-hanging fruit sports writers love an easy story. And it's like, oh, he took the mask off and then he was awesome. Uh, but I will say... Through the first 14 minutes of that game, I'm sitting there going, what's going on with Jalen? You know, quiet game in game three, hasn't quite been himself this entire postseason. And so I think it was fair. Is it is it the hand? Is it the shoulder or whatever? He got nicked up in game one. Um, and or is it just his confidence? And I think it was legit. You know, you start worrying and, and even big picture, you know, like if he does get all NBA, but he has a quiet postseason. And, you know, but I, I don't think that's that's a real thing. I'm so but I'm just spitball like in, in the moment when you overreact to everything. I'm sitting there thinking what's wrong with Jalen. It was refreshing that once he shed the mask and just sort of for whatever reason started playing more like his capability. It was nice to see him do that. Um, you know, Tatum still hasn't had a Tatum game. I know his stat line's great, but he hasn't had that sort of just dominant taking over a game. He was great in the fourth quarter, but um, yeah, so I, I think the other, I guess the other big thing I would come away with is, I mean, Smart went from questionable to being really good, um, had his moments. I thought he was, you know, set a tone and the dunk was out of nowhere. Uh, you got a lot of contributions for everybody, even though the Jays sort of out of the storyline felt like, like you, you got a little bit from, from, from everyone. Weird that he didn't go back to Grant um and went with Muscala but maybe that's just trying to keep everyone sort of plugged in and because you're going to need shooting at some point and um but yeah I guess I guess that's where I'm at with it I'm like I for stretches of this game we saw how good they could be and now I just need them to do that more often because you won't get away with the lulls against a good team the way you do against the Hawks yeah and they they definitely had more than their fair share of those particularly defensively in the last two games here um, but I think I, with Jalen, you know, and the thing, the most encouraging thing to me about Jalen's performance beyond the shooting, those two passes to Rob in the fourth mm. quarter, I think those are really, really 
big place for him because that's those are obvious passes when you look at the film, but those are passes not obvious Jaylen, for Jalen. Not obvious yeah. for Jalen Brown. Those are passes that Jalen Brown wouldn't necessarily have made a couple years ago, even last season. But for him to find to realize, okay, I'm gonna go up against Capella here, and guess what? You know, it's a better option. Rob Williams going up against DeAndre Hunter or going up against John Collins yeah. rotating late. And so the fact he was able to do that on top of the scoring night is like, okay, that's 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 the championship look of a team of being like when you have the guy who's not known for passing, making the right ones in those spots, because that's clearly what this team's going to need when they're face a far tougher defense here in the next couple rounds. And the one other thing I would say is uh, both game three and game four, I thought they said all the right things. Like, I don't know if, yeah. if and I don't, I don't know how much I'm going to overreact to, to what people say after a game because, you know, until you back it up. But Tatum coming out and taking ownership. Yeah. It, it, Tatum taking ownership after game three was, even though he didn't have to, was it was a nice moment. Him acknowledging and kind of reciting off the top of his head, he was like, yeah, so, you know, last year we went through the, the Brooklyn, but that was an intense series. And then we lost, you know, we blew game six at home, had to go win game seven and had to, you know, do the same thing with my, and I thought that just showed like a, a, a lot of like presence of mind and like, they know how they messed up last year and they know what they need to do better. So I, I guess those are the, the little things. I'll flip it on you. What concerns you? Ooh. How are you feeling about that, Al? You know, so that's funny. You look at the box score and the only thing you can really point to right now is Al being like, but. And but I don't even Al, care about the zero points. Like, I mean, he put, he was clearly like, I'm going to just box out for an entire right. game. I think he did his job that way. Yeah. I think, I think, and I think he, um, I, I want to say, I saw Anna Horford tweet something. She was, Uh-oh. she was like, why does Al have two shots? in this game oh, like why, why aren't they getting him and so i think the counter to that and i think this was i think al knows that like the celtic they don't need him offensively in this series right like he's he's there to make the threes in the fourth quarter when they needed it but i don't mind at all like you look at this box oh, he didn't score anything like uh well he was a plus 17 um yeah and i think it was a kind of a tribute to to joe mazula like going with him down the stretch there when I thought this could have been mm-hmm. easily a game where you go Rob and you go Brogdon white, like you just go smaller. But I think that would have been potentially bad news for them defensively. Uh, certainly from a rebounding standpoint, they, they didn't want to open the door and land on that front. So I, I think that honestly might be the best part. Like my concerns right now are it's like you said, a little too lack of days going defensive end for a lot of these stretches of games. But beyond that, like yeah. it's really, I, it's really hard to pick anything. And even, I gotta give him like Marcus Smart in this series has been mm-hmm. phenomenal. Like his him offensively, especially in that third quarter in Game Four when they were True. really wavering for a time. They like he got to the rim. He the shot selection. There were no 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 moments. There was all like yep. everything is pretty much in the flow. And that usually, I mean, that's been my concern in the playoffs for the last eight years now. So if you if you take that away, <laughs> if we literally getting to a point now where. And it's just Atlanta. We'll see what it looks like against right. the, when you're going up against Melton and, and stuff next round. Um, a little more of a challenge defensively there. But that is it's is this a perfect series right now for them? I don't know. Like wow. you, you get you get tested in game three, the Hawks really take mm-hmm. it from you in that game, but then you come back and you you have a hard fought win in game four, and now you you set the stage for an early start to to the second round, which would obviously bode quite well for them as far as the Embiid status go. Yeah, I, I can't argue. Uh, you know, the, like I said, the only reason I bring up Al, in part because I think people will look at the box score and, and think he had a bad game yesterday. I think he just did what he was asked. Like, I think 
clearly Missoula goes into every sort of pregame sort of stress is one thing. And pretty much this entire series has been rebounding, but the way I, so the, the number that jumps out and I, and I don't put too much stock into the NBA's like stat tracking of box outs and stuff like that. It's probably yep. based on proximity and all that, but you know, for him to have the same number of box out as they had as a team in games two and three, you know, says something. It's just wow. like, that was a priority for Al. And so good for him for for, for sort of buying in, didn't need to, to do the offensive thing. And I think he's perfectly content as long as he ends up whatever plus 16 and, and is it, it, it helps get a win. I do think, I need Al to be a little bit crisper just defensively overall. Yeah. He's like, I hope he's just sort of readying himself for whatever version of Embiid and whatever version of the Sixers they get. He should get the energy jolt. He always does against that team. Um, but, you know, there have been times this season where, you know, unfortunately, it just he does look. Not even unfortunate. He's, he's 36. He's going to be 37 in like a month, you know. And so I just think they need a really good version of Al to get through rounds two and three. Uh, depending on the matchups. And so that's just like sort of the one thing I'm keeping my eye on. But yeah, you're right. Like everything sort of shook out okay. They they were really good in games one and two and Derek White doing what he did. Um, you still haven't had the Tatum and Brown games where they just dominate. Uh, you got the, the glimpse of what and how Rob can most impact this thing. Brogdon has had his moments outside of game one. And so... Yeah, it, it it feels like pretty encouraging. Even Grant getting that small burst where he where he was pretty good. Like I think that's important. Like now he oh, yeah. goes in and hits the ground running in in those future series. And so uh uh as long as they take care of game five and don't don't play with their food here, everything's gone pretty much according to the script. And what do we all say? Gentlemen sweep. So we're all geniuses and we all knew how this was gonna play out. <laughs> I think your point on now is for like I think at thirty seven years old just tell him to work. You have to help us on one end of the floor tonight. You just picked the end. Last night, I was like, okay, I'll just rebound. That's literally all I have to do. And he did it. And it worked out well. So I think that that box out stat you picked up there, I think that's perfect to just have mm-hmm. that laid out. And one guy I got to give props to in this year, Joe Mazzula, yeah. I think has coached, I don't want to say a masterful series, but like as far as pushing the right buttons go, we were hard on him a lot this year, but he's played it light, right with, going to the double big last night, which I don't think was an obvious move at all. Mm-hmm. And it worked out from an offensive standpoint because that, you know, led to some easy buckets at the rim with Rob. Um, obviously led to some additional rim protection. And it also got Bogdanovich fouled out of the game yeah, with five yeah. minutes left because Al Horford, you know, he had to try to box out Al Horford and picked up his six in that spot. So for him to do that, I like to get in the Muscala and Pritchard in for a minute, keep him involved, get mm-hmm. everyone like, feel like they're getting a taste of it. So it's maybe, you know, we, we, I feel like two months ago we talked about, oh, yeah, is he just waiting to the playoffs to, you know, show his full set of cards? And I don't know. This is, I'm, I'm still not, I'm still not there with you, but, but you're not but there. Run, but I'm getting they're, there. They're, they're running more than the two, the snap and the horns place. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I, am, I am encouraged by, by, uh, by, by the, uh, the, uh, the additional playbook that is, that is unfurling and stuff like that. So, page uh, two. But yeah. So, but he does deserve credit because we were hard on him about like how this series would play out and would he be able to make adjustments and game three, like it wasn't that they played bad. I just think the Hawks played really, really well. And, and so, you know, maybe they played bad in the second quarter, like they, they, like yeah. they, they didn't show up there, but they also like the, everyone shot the lights out. So it's like, you can only do so much about those nights. You can maybe quibble with timeouts as usual. Yeah. Like I thought he maybe let it go a little too long at one stretch, but um, that's about it. Like, I think just as you said, the less we talk about Joe Missoula, 
the probably the better because that means he's doing his job and he's yep. he's working and and doing it and and look he's going up against a good coach Quinn Snyder like legitimately is a good NBA mind he just has no personnel that can play defense and I don't hold that against them it's uh it's what he's been dealt and and so for them to just get one win in the series feels like a victory uh All so right, I saw you were doing talk. enough hawk talk no well what one little bit of hawk talk uh you you've been diving through the archives for suspensions right oh yes. uh so so what, what was your findings? Because I, I, I didn't get to click your link yet. So ooh, um, my findings is he's going to be suspended. Um, <laughs> if you look, it's, it's a hard hitting. Uh, I wouldn't bet wouldn't bet the house on it, but would bet like a lot of the my, you know, possessions, I'd say. I think there's two things in the NBA with suspensions. I think one, I just looked at general ref contact stuff. Yeah. And what he did equivalent of the regular season you see a lot of guys suspended for grant was suspended so bonus mm-hmm. was suspended last year for a similar situation where he kind of came up to the true the ref and did it. and then i think the big one the, the exact situ- same situation i feel like rondo 11 years ago mm-hmm. the talks suspended for game two he pretty much bumped a ref from behind i think i, I forget his name right now but it's it's a oh mark davis yeah, Mark, this one from my a, a a favorite of Celtics fans. Um, but <laughs> this type of con- contact, kind of from straight on, I think, from Murray, and given the fact he got no punishment in the game since it was over, I would be mm. shocked if he's not suspended for Game Five, just based on like what we've seen as present in the past here. Yeah, and so like you would suspect they need to put this out before they get on a plane, and well, well, within reason, the, yeah. the team will know before before that, but. Um, yeah, I, w- I would likewise be. I think you set a bad precedence if you do not suspend them, because then you know what's the, then what's the line? Like, am I now allowed to go up and scream right. directly in an official's face after the game and and be okay with it? Yeah, you can find them. Like we've seen Smart get fined for you know confrontation with an official after the after the buzzer, um, but most of the time that's just verbal. And it's the only thing that could save him is it's really hard unless you go as a pruder to see if you if he legitimately nudged him. And uh, yeah. but I just don't you know. It certainly felt like he got his shoulder. At first, I was looking at the head because it kind of leans in with the head like a headbutt. Um, but I think you can make a good case. And if that official goes to the league and says, yeah, he got me, then I don't think there's any way you cannot right. say in that moment that he deserves to be suspended. I do love Hawk fans trying to be like, well, but Jason Tatum bumped that official and, you know, after come the play. On. Oh, come on. Not even close to the same situation. So uh, if, if put it this way. I think they're already in one, two, three Cancun mode after that loss. And if you don't have Mari, you might as well. I'm not even sure you bother sending Trey North because it's just going to be quick and painful. <laughs> that'll be a, a, a huge line on that game if uh, it comes up. Yeah, we'll come up. We'll, that'll come out at some point this afternoon as we record this on Monday there. But all right, we're, we'll talk about the series later, but let's give five minutes to close out here or even less on this next series mm-hmm. and beat status. When does he come back? And I guess the other thing I want to hear, like, who wins Heat Heat Bucks right now? That's honestly honestly just as important as anything that's going on with Embiid, arguably, is what's actually going to go on in that series in the next week. Absolutely fair. Uh, I still think the Bucks win. I'm, you know, I, I was surprised they lost that first game when Giannis got hurt. I was even more surprised they lost the other night. It feels like, you know, we can't sit here and say, oh, if they had Middleton and Drew's so good, and yet they can't beat the Heat without, you know, the, without without Giannis. And so some of that is just Giannis is so good, and you just get so used to what he does. And I get it. It's it. There's definitely, you know, a transformation that has to happen. Uh, I would still be stunned if they lost this series, uh, but they're going to have to work a little bit harder, which isn't the worst thing, even if, if they do 
find a way to get through it. They're going to have to work in round two. The Knicks are playing great. And I don't think the Knicks win that series, but I do think they can push them a little bit and at least be physical with them. So regardless of how it plays out, I, I feel pretty good about at least the Celtics not it, – it, it's better than the Bucks just rolling through the first two rounds if they if that happens or whatever. Um, and, you know, uh, it's, the Knicks certainly gave the Celtics headaches during the regular season. I would not be overwhelmed if they somehow got through to the finals, and I think that would be advantageous for the Celtics because I don't think they're ready for that stage quite yet. And, uh, you know, I think the Celtics would be would be good in that moment. So uh, it the, it certainly feels like the brackets lining up. It just comes down to, like, what happens here with the, with the Sixers. And just as you said, for me, you know, usually that injury suggests that, you know, Embiid should be limited or not out there. But I, I don't I need to know more about the severity before I'm really ready to think that he's not going to be out there. Um, and. Even if he was healthy, he was going to have to be great because we've seen the roadmap is he has to score 50 and be awesome. And even the Celtics without two starters, that might not be enough. So as long as the Celtics are locked in and engaged and playing to their potential and using their depth, like their depth should be what distinguishes them in that series, uh, especially the non-embed minutes. And even if that's just eight minutes a game, they should dominate those eight minutes. And so uh, it all hinges on his health, how about how competitive that series will be. But I still think the Celtics win that series, regardless of whether Embiid is upright or not. I think you're right. But to me, the fascinating question for Philly with Embiid now, when you look at this schedule, is like, do Ooh, you, you just wait them? till game three? Mm-hmm. Do you just because like if you have if it's like an 80 percent Embiid or an 85 percent Embiid, like we know how that story is going to go. The Celtics yeah. are going to kind of run him off the court and then he's beat up again and you you're down 0-2. So maybe you. Your those games are on the road. Maybe you roll the dice and say, maybe someone goes nuts. You can steal one in Boston, and then you have a a healthier and beat in game three. But then at the same time, it's like, well, if you lose those first two games, not a lot of teams are coming back from O two these days, unless you're mm. like the Warriors. So that that's a fascinating calculation to me. But the Celtics, I mean, that as big as anything on game four, it's like you want to bump that series up. You don't want to you want to make that yeah. decision harder for Philly in terms of you know limiting Embiid's rest for that knee. Which it sucks. It sucks. You know, you don't from an entertainment standpoint, you want everyone out there, but for sure. from a, a strategic standpoint at this point, you obviously and you wouldn't want to if you're Celtic fan, you wouldn't want it flipped, right? You wouldn't want not to have no. Rob out there. And we saw what happened right. last year when Rob was limited and you start thinking about what would, would have been the potential if they had him healthy. So yeah, you, you just prefer. Uh but like as you said, so there's gonna be some strategy that goes into it. And in Doc Rivers' job preservation, uh probably <laughs> would behoove him to to rest and beat and be like, well, you know, it wasn't my fault. No need Oops. to hire Ime Adoka. It's uh like, you know, it's, it wasn't my Ooh. fault that Joel couldn't stay stay healthy. I mean Ime's gonna be in the Atlantic division one way or another, right? I didn't even I didn't even occur to me that Philly makes obviously a ton of sense, but that didn't like, even occur to me way to too much out there. sense. Way yeah, yeah so and it's it's nuts that he is after this past season is probably going to have his choice of like three or four jobs. Which and which would be out. the best? Like I, so, Philly to me makes the most sense, right? They're most ready made for a championship, yeah. which is what he just kind of stumbled into. He's got the experience there with that year on the bench, knows Embiid, like knows the pieces, um, knows Harden from Brooklyn, and so uh, I just think that's that's the perfect situation for him. Um, depending on, you know, again, those teams got to, got to look themselves in the mirror and decide, uh, if it was a problem here in Boston, is it worth the, uh, what, what could come out the other, the other wrinkle I'll throw here. Okay. Let me, let me, let me go full spin zone on you here. What happens? The Celtics dispatch the Sixers in like five and B doesn't play. They still fire doc. And then they come right out and hire Eme. 
during the conference finals or something. Now oh, the the deal. We had to answer those questions. Yeah. Now, and invariably, it's going to come up, and they're going to be asked whether it's Toronto, Houston, Philly, wherever, whoever ends up hiring him is. It's going to be a storyline, and I wonder. I if if I have any sense, I think you know if the Celtics have any contact with him, they're probably like, please, pretty please, if you love <laughs> well, if you love your players, wait. can you wait until June seventeenth or whatever to to potentially make that decision? Uh, you can do all the winks and nods and handshake agreements, or even just don't have a press conference until that point. Uh, but even if he even if he just you know agrees to go somewhere, it's going to be a story, and right. I don't think it's enough of a distraction to like derail the Celtics, but. You know, in the land of Brad Stevens, where every distraction is the one you'd want, would prefer to avoid, it's uh, probably not ideal if that if that bubbles up before the end of this journey. Look at you bringing in some sneaky email content to this podcast. <laughs> I can't wait to read it. Up really? <laughs> to, I mean, this is we're really diving deep. We're previewing the 2024 East Finals right now. <laughs> Grudge match between uh, email and Joe Mazzula. Where does Nick Nurse? Nick Nurse just takes a year off, right? He's getting eight million. I guess, or maybe he gets, maybe he goes to Houston just because they pregnant him with a long contract and you have a long runway there. But mm-hmm. I don't like that job for him. I, I, I'd be pickier if I was him. But I don't know. I think he's also, you know, are you going to be like become the next Frank Vogel in this go three years and then be you know, blown out? Of, like it, it's, it's you got to pick your spots, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, there's not a clear cut landing spot for him i feel like at this point where nick, nick nurse on tv could be interesting right like yeah they had a nick nurse cam so he could see him being all, <laughs> like overly exaggerated in his uh in, in while calling a game i mean that's get too close to the camera he'll step over the line at times yeah like, exactly <laughs> and then be like uh then uh and then doc like we'll see like maybe doc will be on on uh calling game somewhere next year if he doc on if, tv uh, is always great so i'm up for more uh, of that Man, um, I was, so man, we we just previewed the next round. We previewed like you listen, said the 2023 24 season. We are giving you like broadcast think, details. All right, well, here's your last question. Yeah, what else? This is the last okay. thing. Who's who, who's in the finals from the West? We've seen three Ooh. or four games here. Ugh. Like what's what horse do you have right now? So I I I love being consistent and I've just thought Golden State's going to find a way. And I know it's ridiculous because it, it, who knows if they even get through this series. But I'll tell you, the last couple minutes of that game, outside of Steph Curry's Chris Webber moment, which could oh have been God. just like catastrophic, um, you know, that's the difference. That last play that Sacramento ran was totally blown up and they had to settle for the Harrison Barnes look. And I think that's going to be the difference. It's going to come down to either a game six or game seven or whatever it is. And then the Warriors have been there and the Kings haven't. And as good as the Kings are, and as much as I love how spunky they are and how good they've been in those moments, I just think it tips in Sacramento's favor. And then I think they just get a little bit of swagger. And as long as Draymond doesn't get suspended for like a series or whatever, I just think they have the institutional knowledge. Now, does that all matter enough to like, they actually have to win on the road at some point beyond Sacramento. And so maybe Phoenix is just They could have home court against the Lakers though, which is nuts. Like yeah, next round, crazy. I didn't even think of that. As long as they take out the Lakers, like I can't live in a world where the Lakers are in, and even the yeah, West Finals. The Warriors will be the late. It's how nuts though. The NBA must be doing freaking cartwheels if you get Warriors <laughs> Lakers second round. The oh ratings thing are going to be through the roof. And then what would it, it would be Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Denver, Denver. Be, yeah. yeah, I mean even, that, so even that's, that's pretty that's... sweet. I know that's a real fun series too. Man, the West is fun. It's just because of the the chaos factor and just the yeah. fact that there's no obvious answer out there. And meanwhile, you know, 
I guess they would. I guess the NBA would love Miami and New York to be sort of in it. Although Milwaukee is just you just want your best team. So yeah. um, I'll be interested. Uh, it, it, if nothing else, the playoffs have been fun. Not maybe not as fun as the plan was, but the, the, to a high degree, these games are are highly watchable. Really are. It's, it's, it's actually like the unpredictability of the West. I think is a a nice breath of fresh air. Who do you got? Who do you got? Who are you leaning? I'm I, I'm gonna dig I, in. I'm gonna say Golden State. You're gonna Golden State. So I gotta stick. I mean, I was Suns before the mm. playoff started, and I don't feel great about that. I mean, they're gonna win this series, but like they aren't necessarily looking like Westbrook yeah. could fight against them alone. I mean, but I I think Suns Denver is gonna be a real fun matchup yeah. because Denver has a continuity with the Suns. Like you know, I still take Durant every day of the week over Jokic in the playoffs. So I kind of like the the Jokic factor like just there's been so disrespected it would be great if they yeah. just sort of yeah. took care of every, as everybody else focuses on every other team in the west but denver uh but we do have to get choosy because this is like we're gonna have to spend a couple weeks of uh of our lives if we're lucky enough to get there and so uh at least denver in this time of year should be should be gorgeous uh but not as gorgeous as phoenix uh no or la or the bay or or the yeah. bay or the yeah. bay so uh but a good drinking city, so I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> if, I, if I had to go Milwaukee, Denver, that'd, that'd be something. No, that'd be a nice one too. I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't mind that in May, would you? That's a, that's a good <laughs> prime prime patio weather. But well, plenty of time to get to that for you. Mm. You need to go rest. You've been working hard in the studio all weekend. You may be going Thank to Atlanta you. on Wednesday, probably not. But, but don't jinx it. We, we, I might we go both must... like, we're They really should have a, they that. should have a camera on us on uh, on, <laughs> on Tuesday night as we're sweating whether we have to make book our flights uh... the next day. Uh, that would uh, that would not be a ideal situation for either of us. So uh, let's uh, let's see what happens. All right, let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> let's hope there's some rest for everyone heading to a second round series this weekend. Chris Forsberg, NBC Sports Boston, Celtics Talk Podcast, Celtics Post Up, Celtics Everything in Your Life. I've just turned on NBC Sports Boston. I'm probably on. Just turn on. Yeah, please. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you guys after Game Five.